Amen. Awesome job, kids. I enjoyed having you up here singing today, and I really enjoyed being at camp with you. Now, our camp verse this week, you heard the kids say it aloud. I want all of you to read it aloud with me this morning. So if we can go back and put John 14, 6 on the screen, and I might shock you when I say this. You may not even believe me, but I'm going to try to get you out of here in about 15 minutes this morning because short attention span is in order with all these tired counselors and campers. So you see it? Kids, parents, adults, everyone here, read it aloud with me. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, John 14, 6. And Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that we can depend on it. And Lord, we give you praise for how you have worked and will continue to work in the lives of these children and in the life of our church family. In Christ's name, amen. Why is kids camp so important? When I was 10 years of age, I went to a Sarepta Baptist Association kids camp at Hard Labor Creek State Park, Rutledge, Georgia. Uh, A lot of things that I had probably forgotten since then about that week, but a few things I remembered. I do remember that uh, one of our counselors got bit by a snake that week, and we didn't let that happen at Camp Maranatha, so that's a good thing. Uh, The camp I went to was a little more primitive than Camp Maranatha, and uh, and that just lasting impression. I remember one of uh, my cabin mates got stung by a scorpion, so I thought, I'm going to have to get saved this week because I don't know if I'm going to survive it. But on Friday night of kids' camp, I gave my heart and my life to Jesus Christ. That's one thing I never forgot. God changed my life, and I think it took. Um, It it stayed with me. Um, You say, are these kids, do they really understand, or are they old enough? Listen, always pour gasoline and not cold water on what God's doing. And if they get to an older age and they begin to understand certain abstracts better and, and nail some things down, that's great. This past Well, just yesterday, I did the funeral of Alan Appleby, who got saved standing right here. Many of you saw the picture. We were praying with him. He trusted Jesus Christ here several weeks ago as his Lord and Savior. And my text was John 14 at the funeral yesterday. We've been talking about it at camp, but those earlier verses, Jesus is getting ready to go into, uh, step into eternity after he goes to the cross, come back. By the way, when you talk about Jesus stepping into eternity, he is the eternal Son of God. He is eternity. And so, he's, but he's having to explain to his disciples who don't get it all. He says, look, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I'm going to come again to receive you unto myself. And Thomas is like, man, we want to know all about that. Pastor Ben did an outstanding job explaining that very clearly to our kids last night, what it meant that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. And so I am so thankful. I shared that at a funeral yesterday, and we talked about how somebody who had recently gotten saved stepped into eternity. We never know when we're going to breathe our last. And so I would hate to think that there's somebody here this morning who's never trusted Christ, uh, that you could leave here today and not nail that down. So you'll have an opportunity in just a moment. But also, I want to say a word to the church family and to all parents and individual families represented here this morning, sometimes you will hear this said, we've got to invest in children. We've got to invest in these kids because they are the church of tomorrow. I don't believe that. Pastor Ben, I don't believe these children are the church of tomorrow because I believe they are the church of today. And I believe they demonstrate that day in and day out. In fact, 
And Pastor Ben and I have talked about these numbers before, but statistics used to tell us that in all likelihood, if, a, if, if someone doesn't put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ by the age of 18, it is very difficult. And we do by the grace and the miraculous power of Almighty God see adults come to faith in Jesus Christ. But we used to say, hey, the statistics tell us by age 18. That's not true anymore. Now, nowadays, statistics tell us when they don't come to faith by age 12 that in all likelihood, apart from the grace of God and, the, and a miracle, most never come to faith in Christ. And so that's why we, summit number two, the presentation summit, which is right in Pastor Ben's wheelhouse around here, we try to make sure they understand clearly the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this week at camp was an opportunity to take John 14, 6 and point that out. If you got a worship guide this morning, just want to make three statements to our church family and to every family represented here because kids have some questions like, what is, what is our aim in life? What is our answer for life's big questions? What are we here for? What's life's ambition? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Number one, Christ is our aim. Jesus is the way. Christ is our aim. He is the one giving us the direction of life. And not only that, he is that direction himself. 1 Corinthians 9, 26, uh, the past two weeks, Pastor Ben touched on it, I touched on it. Paul says, I don't run aimlessly. I run with direction. The author of Hebrews would say, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Right, And so today we need to explain to a new generation that our aim in life is the Lord Jesus Christ, to please him in every way, to know him, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Because Matthew 7 reminds us that narrow is the gate and the way that leads to life. And only if you find it, that's because Jesus is that way. John 10 in verse 9, Jesus said, I am the door. And then in verse 10, he says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and you have it more abundantly. I saw a meme recently on social media that said, remember when we used to print out directions on MapQuest and travel like pirates? I thought, man, I remember way before MapQuest. I remember when we didn't have computers and, and the internet. Well, maybe we had computers, but we didn't have the internet. And so you went and you bought a map somewhere. Unless you were a real man, you never looked at a map and you didn't stop and ask for directions. <laughs> and sometimes we are like that spiritually. We were talking earlier um, uh, with a family about a bypass around the town. And I, I thought, you know, some of us bypass Jesus. The Bible is our roadmap, and it points us to Jesus Christ as our destination. And there are many that are missing the way because as a family, you're not making Jesus Christ your aim. And how you live your life, where you've prioritized the, the place of worship, even on a Sunday morning like this, this might be a rare thing for you. And I want to tell you, make Jesus Christ your aim because there's a generation looking for direction, and Jesus steps into that world, and he says, I am the way. Christ is our aim here at Trinity. But Christ should be the aim for each family represented here. And Christ is not only our aim, Christ is our answer. He is the truth. He is the standard for righteousness. 
as Jesus was talking to Pilate about truth, Pilate asked the question that was kind of established in the Greco-Roman world at that time. You go even back further than the days of Christ to the, to the Greek philosophers like Socrates and Plato, and they would ask the question, what is truth? And so Pilate, maybe just blowing off Jesus, kind of said, what is truth? Jesus says, I am the truth. By the way, when he made this statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life, in the Greek, it's, uh, it's the words I am or ego a me. It's, it, it's, for those of you who speak Spanish, know that when you go ahead and you say the word for the pronoun that you're speaking emphatically. So he's saying, I am, and the Jewish listener would hear that as the I am that I am in the Old Testament that Jesus was claiming to be God. And he says, I am the truth. Now, in John's gospel, he started off by saying, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. Verse 14, that word became flesh. All that God is and all the reason we have to live is wrapped up in the person and work of Jesus Christ. He is the way and the truth. And he's the answer to life's big questions, the, the one truth that answers those questions. Why are we here? Because of Jesus. Is there hope? Yes, because of Jesus. Is there a, a, an eternity that we can be prepared for? Yes, because of what Jesus did on the cross and through his resurrection. Christ is the true answer to all of life's biggest question. He would say in chapter 15 and verse 1, I am the true vine. The vine had represented the fruitfulness of God's blessings to Israel, and it became a symbolism of their religious life as they would have pictures of vines and carvings of vines on the city gates and walls and in other places to say, man, we believe that this is a picture of the fact that God's hand is on us in a special way. And Jesus says, no, listen, you want to get in on what I have for you. I'm the truth. I am the truth. I'm the way and the truth. Jesus Christ is not, not money, not fame, not pleasure, all, all, not, not even religion. When Paul, when the apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3 laid out his religious resume, he said, I count all of these good works and all this religion as rubbish or dung. There's probably not an English translation we could use for the word here, and I not get in trouble. But he says, I count all of that as refuse, as worthlessness. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings being conformed with him in his death that I might participate in his resurrection. Christ is our answer. He is the truth. And finally, Christ is our ambition. He is the life. He doesn't just give us ambition. He is the ambition. He doesn't just give us life. He is our life. The word ambition means a strong desire to live passionately for something. There's a generation that's just begging us to tell them what is their worth living for. And I'm wondering if they look at mom and dad, if they don't say, well, good grades, that's their ambition for me. Athletic success, that's their ambition for me. A great career one day, that's their ambition for me. Or parents, grandparents, are we communicating to them? No, a love for Jesus Christ. He is our very life. Christ is our ambition. 
He doesn't just give us that life. He is that life. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. How would you fill in that blank this morning? If somebody else was watching your life, how would they fill in that blank? If they were to say for and put your name and then say to live is, I mean, we have the t-shirts, life is basketball. Well, not for me. Football is life. For some people, Georgia football is life. Paul says, no, for me to live is Christ. And then he said, to die is game. Why? Because then I will know as I am fully known. I'm not seeing through a glass dimly anymore. It's all Jesus unhindered at that moment. That's the life that he came to give. Everlasting life, but abundant life, a spirit-filled life, a life in right relationship with God. Paul would tell the Galatian church, Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but Christ now lives in me. And the life that I live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's real living. That's real living. We're like zombies before that. Ephesians says we're dead in trespasses and sins until we come alive in Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And whether, again, you are six or 60, like Mr. Allen, whose funeral I did yesterday. Christ must be your life. Have you ever put your faith and trust in him? Are you living fully? And does the next generation know that you have made Christ your aim, that you have made Christ your answer, and you have made Christ your ambition? Would you bow your heads with us this morning? I wonder, and maybe there's some some children that still need to wrestle with this. Maybe there are parents, grandparents that need to nail this down. Regardless of the statistics, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Buddy Lamb reminded us this week that whosoever means you. wonder if there's somebody here who just in a prayer to God would say, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. I believe he rose again to give me life abundant and everlasting. You would say, Pastor Robbie, today I'm believing that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and I'm giving him my life. Turning from sin and self, the Bible word there is repentance. It simply means to turn from sin and self and trust in Jesus. With no one looking around, if that's the prayer of your heart today, young or old, any stage of life, would you just slip up a hand? Nobody looking around, just say, Pastor Robbie, pray for me. The best way I know how, I'm trusting in Jesus today. Amen, amen. Anybody else? Any other children that would say, well, I I need to talk with my parents further about this, just lift up a hand. Father, we thank you that Jesus stepped into this world, not just to show us the way, the truth, and the life, but to be the way, the truth, and the life for us. May we come to you today. We pray this in Christ's name. ask you to stand as we sing this song. Trinity, we call this a response time or an invitation. It's just an opportunity for you to act on what God is doing in your life. We make this stage an altar, 
And maybe there would be some that would want to come and speak with me or Pastor Ben. Pastor Zach is here. Maybe there's some children, some students, some adults that would love to come and say, hey, I need to pray like Mr. Allen did several weeks ago right over here. I need to pray and nail this salvation thing down. We would love to pray with you. But maybe there are some parents that want to come and pray with their children. I would encourage you to do that this morning. Just come and put a hand on their shoulder around this stage. Again, we make it an altar now. And and just pray for them that they would know that Christ in your home, that Christ is the aim, Christ is the answer, Christ is your ambition. He's everything that you're living for. That they may grow up to know him, love him, and serve him. Maybe God's doing something completely different in your life and you just need to respond in obedience. If there's anything we can pray with you about, you come as we sing.